Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 58. I am Matt O'Leary. I'm joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? And what edition? Okay, first, I'm in pain. Uh, I, I got tattooed today. My whole thigh is bandaged up. I could probably show you the bandage here. It's this big blue bandage all over my leg. Look at that thing. Mm, my oh my god, that's thigh. a lot of that's a lot of bandage. Did you get like your whole leg tattooed? My whole what, what's the piece? Left thigh is all tattooed. What was the piece? It's, Can I it's ask? It's a Matryushka doll, so it's those Russian nesting dolls. Okay. So I got that cool. tattooed on my leg. Honestly, I didn't know there was any room left on your body for <laughs> ink to go. <laughs> Uh, my whole other thigh is all free. What my tattoo artist told me today is people don't realize how big a thigh is. If you take the skin off a thigh and flat it out, it's about as big as your back. Wow. I did not know. Okay, see? A little hockey and science today <laughs> on go. the Eyes on Isles podcast. Look at that. Uh, and then We're number, learning. I'm going with Massi Marjamaki. Marjamaki, yes. Okay, I'm going to go with him too because I didn't look it up. So <laughs> He played... Uh, a total of one game for the Islanders, and in that one nice. game, he played a total of five minutes, and I believe it was 17 seconds. I wrote seven seconds, but I'm pretty sure it's 17. He was drafted in the fifth round by the Islanders in 2005 as a re-entry because he was originally drafted by the Boston Bruins in 2003, 66th overall. Okay. So there you have it. So. Episode 58. We're going to run out of people soon, especially if Lou Lamarillo sticks here for a while because no one's allowed to have a number over like four. Yeah. We'll have to just restart once we get to 100, I guess. I don't know. We'll have to figure out a new shtick once we get to 98, I guess. Yeah. Right. Probably before that. Definitely before how, that. But how are you doing? I always get the how am I doing and you never get the how are you doing. I'm stressed, <laughs> but about work. And well, really about the Islanders, too. But I'm, it's not been a good week, but we don't have to rehash why it's not a good week for Matthew. But we can focus on why it's not a good week for Matthew because of the Islanders. Okay, because yes. it's like an Islanders show. Let's, it could be a little, like, let's get therapeutic about that, then. 
Yeah, I, I definitely need it. So because our first topic is the roster update. And Mitch, like, talk me off the ledge because this stinks. I hate this roster so much. This beer is as bad as what happened with the training camp cuts. It's a, um, it's a, <laughs> dad joke. a, a red beer, and it yeah, that was a dad joke. But it's gluten free. Hey, gluten free. What's go? It's terrible. It it needs gluten. It's awful. It tastes. Oh, anyways, like someone hey, smoked in the beer. Hey, don't shame us gluten freeers, okay, Mitch? I, I don't mind you gl- gluten freeers. I just I wish you would make good beer. I'm sure there's probably a good gluten free beer out there. I just have yet to taste it. I, I, I angry orchard hard cider. There you go. Oh, it's cider. Need. Yeah, it's not beer. Cider isn't beer. Yeah, don't the only like gluten free beer I had was like Red Ridge or Red Bridge or something like that. Trash. Don't drink okay. it. No, not good. <laughs> angry orchard hard hard cider is where you want to go. Future endorsements. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. So. Sorry, what we're saying about training camp and why we're upset again? The roster stinks, Mitch. That's why. Okay, yeah, I guess it, it does. It's not good. It's not good. No, it's worse than what we thought it was actually going to be because of though? how the roster ended up. Yes, yes, it is because I didn't expect Tom freaking Kunakel to be playing third line minutes for this team. Is he playing third line minutes or is he going to be playing fourth line minutes? And I'm not trying to be facetious here. I. It looks like third line. I think the third line is probably going to be Martin Sezikis Clutterbuck. Okay, that's even that's, or, or, that's it, bad. Even still. if it is, even if it isn't, it's going to be the fourth line, right? With like ten, eleven minutes. That's what they had last time they were around. Yeah, probably. But I, I uh, uh, still a line of Kunakel, Filpula, and Komarov. That makes me want to claw my eyeballs yeah, out. Yeah, I read your piece about it, and I, I could see you just trying to claw your eyes out. Um, so, I don't want to say, like, act like, wow, we should have seen it coming. Wow, I saw it coming. I, I didn't as well. We were we were getting swept up in the hype of exciting young prospects like Kiefer Bellows and Josh saying specifically Kiefer Bellows. Let's be clear and let's be honest. I think we're both of the opinion that we would like to see Josh Hosang play, but it doesn't surprise us that he's in the AHL right now. No, 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 no. But if, how about this? Let me phrase it like okay. this. If I told you that Andrew Ladd was going to be hurt to start the season, would you say that Kiefer Bellows would make the roster then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? And no, we're going to have Tom Kunakel playing NHL hockey this year. We're going to have to watch Tom Kunakel play hockey. We thought it was bad with Tanner Fritz on the third line, Mitch. We're talking about Tom Kunakel. I remember what I wrote. Last year, at the end of the season, I said Tanner Fritz deserves a spot on the roster to be that like pivot guy to just sit on the scratch pad most nights, and people lost their minds. And now we have Tom Kuhnhockel coming in, and oof, my God, not coming in. He's been here the entire time. Um, but my, okay, bringing it to specifically the cuts, because that's what we're talking about. Kiefer Bellows, gone. Joshua saying gone. Noah Dobson, gone. Dobson Hosang, I'm okay with. I get it. I'd like yeah. to see uh, Hosang. I think he, he he deserves a spot, but clearly management doesn't. And and I can live with that. I can also live with 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 Bellows. I get that the AHL no. isn't necessarily a demotion, but just like you said, because Andrew Ladd is out and we don't know when he's going to be back, why not just keep him at camp? What's he going to learn at Bridgeport Sound Tigers training camp that he couldn't learn here? Is it like, well, he'll at least get to play with his teammates and he'll gel as a team, I guess. Oh, but God. like, who cares about the Bridgeport Sound Tigers? The uh, the whole point of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers is to feed the New York Islanders. That's their yes. entire existence. 
if they don't succeed, but the Islanders do, then it doesn't matter. Exactly. This is the same argument that I would get into people online two years ago when I said that it was it was stupid because they didn't call up Bracken Kearns. And they're like, well, the, you want to affect their playoff chances? Like, I care about the Bridgeport Sound Tigers playoff chances, Mitch. When the you call up the best player available to help you out. That's right. Like, you don't. Their playoff chances don't matter. I, I get that it'd be nice if they did. It would be nice if they couldn't make the playoffs for the first time in, what is it, 13 years. But if they don't, I'm not going to lose an ounce of sleep over it. I don't care. That's not their purpose. That's not why they exist. So no. with those three, I get it. And of course, Dobson is in the a- and it's the uh, QMJHL with Acadie Bathurst. That's fine. That makes sense. He's 18 years old. It's fine. I get it. And I, I, I can justify the three. The only issue that I have, and I'm sure you have, and everyone else has, with at least Hosang and Bellows, it's that the reason they're being sent down is because we need to, according to Lou, see what these veterans have. We need to assess what these veterans have. And you're going, well, hold the phone a second. Yes, in a way, they have NHL contracts, and you generally have to play them first. But you brought them in. You realize that, right? Like, they're only taking these spots because you decided they needed to be here. So you already had this predetermined. Whether you want to admit that Lou decided he was going to play Leo Komarov, Valtteri Fopola, Tom Kunakel, and Matt Martin this year, mm-hmm. by bringing them in, that's what he effectively did, and that's what he effectively admitted to. Maybe not admitted to, but told us just the other day after the cuts. If you want to see what a veteran has, you sign him to a PTO. You don't give him a four-year, $12 million contract and say, I want to see what this guy has, Mitch. I know. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. Um, I, it, and, and th- that I don't understand the people who are saying that we can't question Lou. Like, why? I get, I, I'm happy Lou is here. I am still happy that Lou is here because this is how this is managed. He, he's maybe not making the greatest roster decisions, according to my opinion, but he's making smart decisions in terms of building the organization. And that's what he's here to do. I don't like what he's done to the roster, and I'm allowed to question it. We're all allowed to question it. It doesn't mean that I don't want him here. I, like the, the right, two I'm are not- mutually exclusive. Right, I'm not calling for his job or anything like that, but I think it's fair to be critical of the moves that he's made so far. Absolutely. So, and that's the thing that I don't that doesn't make sense to me is why like do you have to worship everything the guy does or you're allowed to say, mm, "I don't really like that move as much." Like I don't get it cuz at one point you're criticized for criticizing and then you're criticized for not being called a coolator. When you like I don't I don't like we can't have it either way. I guess that's what happens when you have a large fan base, you're not going to get everyone to agree on a certain thing. That's fair. Um, but all of this to be said that it is, uh, how do I want to say it, is inflated by the fact that Lucas Pisa got a one-year, $1.5 million deal. Mitch. I know. Mitch. I know. Lucas Pisa was not good last year. I know that he put up points in the regular season. Well, yeah. Like, but if you looked at the, his playoff performance last year, he was bad. Yep. He wasn't necessarily that great in the regular season. And just because he put up points, like that's, that should not be a justification to give someone some money. Oh, you put up some points, you must be good. No, that's not how it works. Like You put up 14 points in 30 games. Sure, you put that over a full regular season. Wow, that's, that's an outstanding return. 
well, let's just hold the phone here a second. In those 30 games, he wasn't great. In those 12 playoff games, he was not great. And in the how many games of, of uh, the preseason have we had? Four with him playing? Yeah, I think it was four probably, right? Let's say four. He has not looked good in a single one of those. Well, as the game that's currently going on right now, he started off on the top pair with Nick Letty and was demoted to the second pair halfway through the game, so that's probably not a good sign. No, it's not, and he did not look good there on the, um, what was his name, Mika Zibanejad goal. Right, he was taking solo, I don't know what he was doing, he was standing at the top of the key, not the top of the key, at top of the goaltender crease, I guess screening the far post for uh, for Robin Leonard. Meanwhile, not realizing that Zibanejad was behind him and open, and sure enough, the puck gets to Zibanejad, and he's got a wide open cage to put it in, and no pressure. Like that's bad. Mitch, you'd consider yourself someone who values analytics to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you do? You care about relative Corsi? Absolutely. Okay. Lucas Pisa has never had a positive relative Corsi in his entire career. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. I, I didn't know that, but is, I figured that. His career high is negative 0.4. That's bad. Because he, he played on some pretty good Anaheim Ducks teams. He did not play on good Vancouver Canucks teams, so that certainly doesn't help. And then he played on a but good Vegas team. Vegas was good last year, right? Yep. Relative course, he was negative 9.1. Whoa, 9? Negative 9. Wow, that's high. I'm pretty sure that's high. Yes, it is. That's very high, Mitch. Um, I always forget with these numbers, which I think zero is obviously par. And then, anyways, um, yeah, that's not good. And we signed him for a year at 1.5 to be our seventh defenseman. And now we're bringing in eight defensemen? So we'll have, I, I like, he's going to play. He's going to play. Why is he going to play? I don't, so is he playing over Taze and Pellick? Like, how how is this going to work? I don't know. I guess Tay. I guess over Taze. I assume the two guys that are going to be be in, on the roster. I assume. Who knows? It could be Dennis Heidenberg for all we know. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I know. Is uh, Devin Taves and Lucas Pisa. So the Islanders' defensive core could be Nick Letty, Johnny Boychuk, Thomas Hickey, Ryan Pulak. In no specific order, my naming these. I'm just remembering them. Scott Mayfield, Adam Pellick. That's six. Lucas Spiza, Devin Taves. That's your eight. So if Spiza makes the roster, someone's got to step out. You're assuming probably uh, what he's a right-handed shot is Spiza. So I guess Mayfield would be the guy out. No, Spiza's left. Is he a lefty? Okay, he was just playing on the right with Nick Letty for some reason. Which doesn't make sense. Coaches love to have the right pairing. The left on the left and the right on the right. And he's still playing on the, on the right with a left-handed shot. He's not good enough to be off-handed. No. Either way. So, this isn't how you build a wing roster in today's game. No, because it looks like he's completely ignoring analytics. And remember, not too long ago, he had that quote where he's like, you got to be careful with analytics. They don't tell the whole story. But like his entire third line we just mentioned, Lucas Pisa, Dennis Seidenberg, they're all like analytics say that they are bad hockey players but it's not even an argument about analytics like these guys are are not great hockey players when you watch them play right like yeah what do you see in these guys that you're going we need this on the roster this is what we need 
Because they've been here forever? That's the Jason Chimera argument all over again. Pretty much, right? He played a thousand games, so he should play. That's not how this is supposed to work. You're supposed to merit production. You're supposed to merit on-ice results. And these guys have not given you on-ice results. I don't get it. Well, in my my article that you referenced earlier, I called uh, Leo Komarov a younger version, poor man's Jason Chimera. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. Well, not even, because Jason Chimera at least had speed. He was fast. I know some people say he, right. he was skating with cement blocks. Sure, sometimes, and that's what, what age will do. Uh, but other times he had the wheels. It wasn't consistent, and that's why he wasn't good. Right, but they're like, ooh, Komarov scored 19 goals that one time three years ago. Yeah, okay, I guess that's possible. Like, maybe, sure, he can score 19 goals again, I suppose. I will bet just about anything that he will not score 19 goals oh, this I, year. I'm not going to bet against that. Of course, he's not going to score 19 goals. I, I don't know. Oh, God. Is, if a listener is sure that Leo Komarov will score 19 goals, tweet at us, at TLO Mitch or at Matt O'Leary and why. Give us what you think we should do if you're right. Because you're most certainly going to be wrong. Leo Komarov will not score 19 goals this year. I want money. I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Let me, if you're going to be dumb, let me take your money. Yeah, at least let me take your money. You don't need it, clearly. Yeah, so the Spisa signing, bad, makes me mad. Joshua Sang and Kiefer Bellows getting sent down when Andrew Ladd is obviously banged up. Not ideal either. No, and like they can they can still call up, um, what's his name, Kiefer Bellows at the start of the season. So I think they'll probably declare, there, there's like some weird rule, I think, where you... I think what they'll do is they'll they'll declare Nick Letty LTIR before just before the season at the end. I don't I don't I don't know what the what the rule is, but I think there's a there's a timing weirdness where they could declare it then and it it, it helps them more than it would other at, at another time. I'm saying Lad, you mean? Huh? Andrew Lad. Did I mean? say Letty? Yeah. Oh, okay, yes, I meant Lad. I got confused for a yes, second. Yes, thank okay, you. Sorry. And then they'll call him up. I would assume. It, it doesn't make sense not to call him up if Ladd is out of the lineup. Does LTIR affect the uh, cap? It does only if you're going over the cap, and the Islanders are certainly not. Okay, so never mind. So the only cap relief you would get is if you're going to go over the cap limit, you can LTIR someone. And the idea is that you're at the cap limit, you don't have any more money to spend, and you have a guy who's injured. You're allowed to then take that amount that goes over the cap and uh, you're allowed to go over the cap by what what is his, I believe, cap hit to go and acquire someone else. It's essentially saying you're okay. allowed to fill that spot because you're right up against there. You have no more money to spend. Okay. Just curious. Essentially. I, I probably got that a little bit wrong, but that's the gist of it. There you have there it. There you have it. We're, lear- we're learning on this show, Mitch. That's the point. Hashtag learned <laughs> Anything else on the roster before we move on? Uh, just disappointed. Just, just disappointed. And I know it's not the end of the world. Don't tweet me and be like, well, it's only the AHL. He's still around. I get it. But I'm allowed to feel disappointed. You're allowed to feel disappointed too, listener. If you're, lis- if you're listening and you are also disappointed, that's an okay feeling to have. Because we're allowed to think that our team is going to have exciting, young, productive prospects in the lineup rather than in the AHL learning from Brent Thompson, who I am not keen on. 
No, me neither. I want uh, please keep Kiefer Bellows and Joshua Sang as far away from Ben Thompson as possible. So, moving on. Moving on. Let's talk about new friend of the show, Josh Bailey. Yes. I wrote an article this week saying that he will be just fine without John Tavares. Okay. Agree or disagree? Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I, I'm convinced. You convinced me after I read it. At I, I first, when I read the headline, I was going, well, we both said he's probably going to have a dip. But watching him play and the fact that he might actually play with Matthew Barzell, I'm kind of I'm kind of in. I'm in. Bovillier, Barzal, and Bailey. The three Bs. So if he, the three Bs, big baller brand. <laughs> so, so if that is really the top line, I think that sixty points is the expectation line. Well, okay, maybe sixty or above. Is that fine? Because that's still an eleven point dip. Yeah, yeah, but if you average. The was it fifty seven points two years ago and seventy one last year? Yeah. Okay. So you mean like his career average per year return is still lower than sixty one or sixty? Yeah, but I'm even saying like just based off the last two years, like fifty seven, like oh, okay, that's a good year. Yep. And then seventy one, like he was almost a point per game player. Like, are you going to expect him to be a point per game player again? No, probably not. So if you give me sixty five, sixty sixty five points, now we're, we're talking, especially at five million dollars. Yeah, that's true. That's good value. That that's that's pretty good. So you're looking at a 64 point average over the last two seasons, right? So if he gives you that average over the last two years for five million dollars, that's fantastic. With, if you're getting 64 oh, points out of a five million dollar player, right? Exactly. And he's playing with Barzell and Beauvillier, who those two worked very very well together. And Someone wrote, I believe it was Andrew on the site, said that Beauvillier could score 30 goals this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's that crazy of a take no, by how he's played so far in the preseason. It's definitely not. Like Especially even how he played at the end of last season, right? He had that the last six games of the season, he scored five games, five of them coming straight in a row. Yeah. like And, he, and it, it extended even beyond that. It's when he came back up in January, just boom, piling in the goals. I think he scored... Oh, I forget. I'm going to screw up the numbers. I just won't say it and look like an idiot. Although I do a pretty good job of, job of that anyways. Uh, I, I agree with you that I think Bailey will be fine without Tavares. The point that I was referencing to in this article, which might not even make sense now if he's not playing with him, but I was talking about how well he played with Anders Lee. Yep. Last year, Josh Bailey had an assist on 45% of Anders Lee goals. And the year before that, it was 35, which is still a pretty decent yep. number. But How many? Well, he put up, year. like, he put up less. So, like, he didn't. Anyways. Um, how many of those are primary assists? Do you remember? I thought he got, like, 11 primary assists on Anders Lee goals, which was, I believe, the exact same amount that Tavares got. I th- 11 sounds right because I know it was 18 assists total. So, okay. 11 primary and 7 secondary sounds about right. Yep. So that's that's big. That's a big deal for a forty goal score. Eleven of his goals came directly from Josh Bailey. Of course, another eleven came from John Tavares, uh, directly from John Tavares. But that's production. He's going to have to come from someone else and not from Bailey himself. So if we're talking about just Bailey and his impact on the Islanders, his impact will remain. I'm I'm I feel I don't think he's going to get seventy again. But if you're giving me uh, oh, Isles win. Anthony Beauvillier, boom, overtime. 
Let's go. Yes. Um, If you're telling me that he can get 60 points, I'm down. I I believe. Yeah. But I'm I'm a hashtag Baylieber. That was good. Yes. (laughs) I get it. Yeah, that was a Justin Bieber reference. You know I like JB. (laughs) That's my dad joke of the day. Although I did two already. I'm out. Done. You're you're out. You've been cut off. See you later. (laughs) You're too much for me, Mitch. But even like, yeah, since we mentioned Anders Lee's name in this, I wanted to make one other point with him. With if Bailey does end up playing on the top line with Bovillier and Barzell, I'm laughing because Mitch took a sip of his beer and then made a face. It was really funny. I should have got up to get water, but I didn't. Anyways, you're talking about Anders Lee and not this bad, bad beer. Yeah, so if Lee does play on the second line, mm-hmm. he's got Jordan Eberle, who's a pretty darn good playmaker. So I think he's going to be just as productive, too. Even, like, the way he's holding up the puck, like, he was playing today um, with against the Rangers. The way he was able to hold up the play and hold the puck on his own and wait for the players around him to create space was pretty impressive. I know he's always been good at that, but to see him do that and not have Matthew Barzal on that line, I was excited about now, it's going to be up to Brock yep. to be able to kind of get that outlet pass because we know it's not going to be Lee. Lee's not going to be the guy that is going to take the pass from Bailey or Eberle and try to weave his way through players to get a shot off. He's going to be the guy waiting in open territory to get a shot off. And if Eberle can't get it to him, it's going to be up to Nelson to exploit space or find space or create space to give Eberle that chance to make that play. Yeah, and I'm not 100% sold that he could do it, but I still, even with Nelson on that line, I still think they could be relatively productive. They're going to be great in October. Uh, We'll see what happens in November. (laughs) And March. Yeah, October and March, look out. But November through February, that's what I'm worried about. If we start seeing the same... Brock Nelson drop off in November, I'm going to be worried for the Islanders because they have two checking lines, which is ridiculous, but they do. Uh, and they have essentially a third line center playing second line. Yeah, bad third line center playing yeah, second line. So, center. like, uh, if he can get it together, great. I'm, I just, like you said, I'm not only, I'm not even close to 100% convinced. I'm like, 40% convinced, even maybe less than that, that Brock Nelson could do a good job as a second-line center. Yeah, well, he had that role two years ago and wasn't very good. Yeah. So, hmm? maybe Kolvash comes in and does it. Although, who knows? I don't even know where he ends up. I have no idea. No, we were talking about the roster before we even mentioned his name because who the hell knows where he ends up. Maybe the AHL Probably with this amount of guys. He's waiver-exempt, so that it only makes sense. Yeah. So I'm sold on Bailey, and it sounds like Mitch is too. No shocker there. No, uh, it says it right there in my Twitter bio that I'm a Bailey fan. I'm going to change it to Baylieber. I'm doing it. (laughs) I can't wait to see that switch. Mitch, you want to move on now and get into a little Rumorville action right about now? Do it. So Sergei Bobrovsky. Wait, wait, say that again. Sergei. 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 There you go. Mitch. I'm not a pronunciation guy. Sergey, you got to roll that R. Sergey, I can't. I can't roll my R's. Oh, God. These foreign names get to me all the time. Mitch. English people, you can't you roll know your that. R's. I know, Bobrovsky. I'm just going to call him by Bobrovsky. That's what I usually call him. And then once I saw the first name, I was like, damn it. 
<laughs> I knew this was coming. Okay. Sergey Bobrovsky. Right. What about him? Yeah. So, potential link to the Islanders. Yay or nay? About the link or about is the link an actual link or not? Is the link an actual link? I, because we... I don't think so. Go ahead. I really don't. No. Like, no. it's not... So it's both Elliot Freeman and Darren Drager said, like, they need a goalie, so this makes sense. Yeah, of course that makes sense. The Islanders don't have an actual bona fide starter. They have Leonard, who's looked good, but they don't have a, a, a lock NHL starter, let alone an NHL starter with two Vezina trophies. Of course they don't. So when you say that one guy is available and they can, and there's a fit, yeah, that makes sense. But that's not a link. That's not like Lou picking up the phone saying like, uh, "Can you, uh, this Bobrovsky guy, is he available?" That's not what they're saying. They're just saying, "I see a link. Great, we all do." As you were talking, I pulled up Bobrovsky's hockey reference page. Have you ever seen the picture that they I have? I don't understand why they can't center his head. Why is there like, so much head? Why is there so much headroom? It looks like he has the smallest head imaginable. He's got it's like half the picture is just the gray background. It's just like Minyasavut Sergei, a small little head. Please pay attention to me, I stop puck. P.S. Minyazovut uh, in, in Russian is my name is, or they call is. me, actually. But he, he's good. Like, oh, obviously, he's like. 2.44 goals against average, 920 save percentage. Yeah, and I mean, in 1617, it was a 931 and 206. Yeah, those numbers are his career average. That's not just like some random sample from Robin Leonard's career. This is his career average in the NHL: two point four four nine point or a nine twenty save percentage, which are better numbers than Carey Price. P.S. Oh, Carey Price is a two point four six goals against average career wise and a nine eighteen save percentage career wise. Wow! I looked this up because I have a friend who is a Habs fan and said that Carey Price is better than Bobrovsky, or that Carey Price should be one of the fifty best players ever. Or right now. <laughs> and I was like, I think he's great. I think he's a great goalie, and I would love to have Carey Price on my team. But if you're saying that Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky does not belong in the top 50 and Carey Price does, you got another thing coming. Yeah. I, I, I understand sure. that he won a heart trophy, but Bobrovsky finished third, and he's got two heart, and he's got two Vezinas. So let's just calm down. Um, Bobrovsky's also not good playoff time, though. No, that's true. He's not. But are we worried about playoffs right now? Or are we just worried about getting to the playoffs? Do we care if they, they move, they progress further than that? No, but if you're training for Bobrovsky, you're hoping that it's not a rental. That's true. Well, and that's a problem, right? So let's split that up into a few parts. First off, are you, Matt O'Leary, interested in acquiring Sergei Bobrovsky? Uh, to a small extent, maybe. Like, yeah, he's a good goalie, but I just don't think it makes sense for the Islanders right now. I am completely on board with that. I, I understand that he's a great goalie. Again, two-time was two-time Vezina winning trophy goalie. I get it. 2.44, 9.20. I get it. I get it. But he's 30 years old, and he wants a carry price payout. That means 10.5 over however many years. And Price got eight. If, if we get him in free agency, we're not giving eight, but we're giving seven. That's insane. I don't want to pay a goalie no. for seven years $10.5 million on the cap. That's insane. No, no, no. That's how you get into cap hell. You don't want to yeah, do that. That would be you add that to the Andrew Ladd contract, and you got what is that, sixteen million dollars on the cap and just two players for the next million and a half years? 
No, that's insane. That's ridiculous. No, I'm all right with the Band-Aid fix, Leonard, for right now. Uh, Long term, it's not any kind of solution. But for, for this year, like, yeah, sure, we'll go with it. If he plays well. Bring him back, I guess. Exactly. We'll see. So that that's it. then that brings us to like the other questions when we're talking about playoffs. Well, we're never going to get there with with Bobrovsky because I don't think we should go for Bobrovsky because, like you said, it's just not a long term solution. It's not a good long term solution. If we can give him two years at let's say eight, great. But he's not going to take that. Why would he take that? That's a slap in the face for him. He's not going to come to the Islanders for less money. That's not going to no, happen. No, no, no. No, exactly. Like if you if you told me that I you could have Bobrovsky till age thirty five, sure. But that's not how this is going to work. Sure. You're going to have to give him a contract till his late thirties, which is a little sketchy. Super sketchy. Keep in mind, what is it? Two or three years ago was was it? I believe it was three years ago when he started the season in. Oh God, it was like a seven hundred percentage save percentage, and he got his coach fired. He was that bad. Oh yeah, I guess that was twenty fifteen. Right, I believe I'm pretty sure because the last two seasons they've had trots and they made the playoffs the last two seasons. Okay, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. He was terrible a couple of seasons ago. I'm not saying he's going to be terrible again, but it doesn't make sense. I get it. I like that we're being linked there, but we're just being linked there because it could be just you and I doing the same thing. They have the same intel that we do. Well, not really. In general, they have more intel. But on this specific subject, it seems that the only intel is their gut saying, like, the Islanders need a goalie. Bobrovsky's a goalie. Oh, wow. Match made in heaven. Like, mm, hold on. Let's just calm down. Pump the brakes. Yeah, I was asked about this, too, today from somebody else. And I honestly said I, I might be more comfortable and this might sound a little crazy, but rolling with one of Grice and Leonard for next year, one of them, and the other being Soderstrom or Sorokin. Yeah, I I imagine that it's going to be Grice. He's looked good, P.S. In, in training camp, I've liked I've liked his game in training camp. Yeah, because he's working with his old uh, goalie coach. Yeah, right? his old training coach who like calls him a specimen because he's <laughs> got the cast of like a mountain giant or something like that. Or is it frost giants that are bigger? I think the frost giants are the biggest, biggest of the giant species in Dungeons and Dragons. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'm not a nerd. <laughs> well, actually, Marty, it's um the square root of frost giant high. Anyways, I won't get into it because uh, I'm not making any sense. Either way, I don't think we go with this. I'm fine with Grice and Leonard this season. I'm even fine with, like you said, Grice and Soderstrom next season. Or Sorokin, maybe, fingers crossed. Yeah, I, w- I would give up some. I would get on a flight right now and go talk to Sorokin oh, and try and convince him. Sign me up! I love Moscow. I've never been. I've never left the country actually. But Matt, this, like seriously, yeah. never left the country. No, like, I don't have my passport. What? Like, come on! Oh my god! Broaden Mitch, your I'm horizons. A young, I'm a young lad. I, I I know, but at your age, I'd gone somewhere. Even across the border, I actually barely, but still, I did it. You got to broaden your horizons, my friend. You have to broaden your horizons. I don't like to leave my home. <laughs> my and by home, I don't mean like Long Island or like New York. I mean like my house, You're like the four More walls, specifically my room, my room, <laughs> <laughs> my blog corner. I don't leave. <laughs> That's fair. I get it. It's comfortable. Um, but I wanted to shout out at Ben Isles for he. In, in a, later in their mailbag, he had asked us to speak about this, and well, we're speaking about it now, so we won't speak about it in the mailbag section. 
Uh, did, did you get everything out that you wanted to about Bobrovsky? Yeah, I just wanted to bring it out, address it, and say that I don't think it's a good idea. I get he's a great goalie. I get it. But I think everyone could agree that it's not it's not a right fit. It's just age and potential cap implications, it's just not the right fit. Agreed. So you brought up that question. Do you want to get into the mailbag section of the show? Let us do that. Okay, so what do we got on tap for tonight? So first one up is at Mr. Donnie Rockets. That's a good name. Uh, that is a good Twitter Ask handle. us about the history of Joshua Sang and the New York Islanders and what made this relationship so rocky. Uh, I think what he's <laughs> trying to get at is um, for those who are uninitiated or those who are new to perhaps the Joshua Sang situation, what has happened to get him to where he is now? Well, first of all, it all started back on a summer day in 2014 when he overslept. I believe that was actually 2015. I thought it was before the 2014-15 season. That's what I thought too, but when I kept looking at articles, that was in 2015. It was date stamp 2015. Really? I know. I am as confused. Because I thought I remember hearing he was running up the Coliseum steps. Yep. That's what I remember, too. All right. So someone correct us on this because I I was sure it was 2014 as well. I thought it was his first day of his first training camp. But from what I've been reading, and I have to assume, well, not assume, but take the word for what's been written, that it was in 2015. All right. Well, one of those. Okay. so it all started when he missed training camp in one of those two years. He, He came late, so he ran stairs, and then they sent him right back to juniors. And then... I don't know, where would you go from there when he got called up and was electric? No, well, there's, there's other things that happened between then. So in 2016, he had what people called an impressive training camp. Uh, and then he was sent to the AHL. So that was his first full season in the AHL with the, the uh, my God, I can't even, Sound the Tigers? Bridgeport Sound Tigers. I was going to call them Bridgehampton. I don't know why I wanted to call them that. Okay. Um, so he was sent there and that was kind of disappointing, but he took it with stride. A lot of the articles that I see the quotes from, he's going, well, what do you want me to do? Complain about it? No, I'm going to go there and I'm going to get better. Sound familiar? This is 2016, Mm -hmm. two years ago. So he goes to the HL. During that season, he's a healthy scratch. From what we've been hearing, from what we heard, uh, I think it was Michael Conforio, who's the the beat reporter over there in in Bridgeport, saying like he was being cut or, or... or yeah, not not cut, but uh, scratch, healthy scratch, because he wasn't doing straight lines as he entered the uh, entered the zone. Now, don't quote me on that. I'm pretty. Sh- I, I I don't think he quoted anyone from it either. It was just something that he had observed. So it was all kinds of like, what do you mean? It's not skating straight. Who cares if he's not skating straight? Either way, he was missing game time in the AHL for what seemed to be disciplinary measures. That was 2016. He finally got a tryout that year. Remember at the end of the season. He had like it was good. put it all together and it was on fire and he got his tryout and he was great. He was great that year at the end of the season for the Islanders. They almost made the playoffs. They were just a point out. Impressed that year. He had an impressive training camp. He had an impressive season with the Islanders or what was it? 21 games, I believe. Yep. He was good. Next season, 2016-17, played 22 games right off the hop. Right, So had another good camp, played 22 games in the NHL, put up. I believe it was 10 points. Uh, 10 or 11 something points. like the, Well, you missed something. He was a healthy scratch on opening night. Yes, that's true. Very first game. He, but he made the roster. 
He did, but it was still surprising that he was a healthy yes, scratch. On he missed game night. number one of the season for a healthy scratch, and we all pulled our hair out. Uh, and then he was in the roster the very next day. He played 22 games that season in 2016-17, impressed, but then was sent down for some ridiculous reason. It seemed he needed to work on his defense, something he obviously couldn't learn in the NHL. And as we saw, he couldn't because the entire team couldn't play defense. Yeah, but he got blamed for it. Yeah. And then, come the end of the season, he speaks to Arthur Staple and just like kind of like vents and lets it all out. And that did not go over well. Well. No. There was nothing else that they could do to him, but it didn't. I obviously wouldn't go over well because he just was like, well, why did they send me down to the AHL to work on my defense when the team itself can't play defense? There are other players there who need to be held accountable. Why am I the only one who's being held accountable? And he's right. He was right. He was right. The frustration point, obviously, it boiled over at that point. And I, I understood it. I think you understood it. Yeah. He kept being told time and time again, just go and get better. And he's just kind of like, I am getting better. I am getting better. What else do you guys want me? It seemed like they wanted him to do something and they weren't communicating it to him. And now this season, yeah, pretty much. he's being sent down to the AHL again for what seems to be the same reasons. Except it's only backed by not even just stats, by his giveaway numbers. It's backed by the fact that they have too many guys that they brought in for no reason. Yeah. Right? And that's... And that's the story in a nutshell. I'm still confused on the 2014-15. I'm, I, as I'm reading that timeline, I'm like, I'm convinced it's 2014. Nah, Mitch, I'm going 2014. I'm just, I'm, from what I read, it was 2015. But again, I could be wrong. Maybe it's just a rehash. They're, they're going over the old storylines. Let me, let me. Okay, the next question that we get, I'm going to, you can vamp with this next question while I try to find that this is a source. NY Isles fan 13, so the 13th Islanders fan, asks us, what's your favorite 90s Islanders player? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, my answer is going to be very generic, and it's going to be Ziggy Palfy. And I don't remember him playing in the 90s, and let me explain why. Because I was born in 1995. I was four years old when the 90s ended. I remember some things from the 90s, but I don't remember the Islanders per se. I really got into hockey I well, a little bit in the early 2000s. Like Michael Pecco was my favorite player for the longest time. Yeah. Kind of when the lockout season happened, got into other things. But then I got heavy back into it around like 2011. So my timeline's a little off. So I I know Poffy's like the cop-out answer, but I think he makes the most sense. And from the highlights that I have watched, he is electrifying, and I wish he was not traded. Thanks a lot, Mike Milbury. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I was just getting up to look for a hockey card, but mine was Pierre Turgeon. Uh, I loved, Ooh. I loved, loved Pierre Turgeon, and I actually got to meet him at his cottage in Quebec. Um, family of mine, I think I've shared the story before, family of mine had a cottage that neighbored his, so me and my brother wandered over. We were told that that was his cottage, and so we brought our hockey cards in consideration, and I brought a Pierre Turgeon New York Islanders card with me, and he autographed for me. And it was super nice, the fact that we just walked up to his cottage. He was just taking stuff out of his van, not his van, his truck. He's unloading his truck for his like weekend at the cottage, and my brother and I like, Excuse-moi, Pierre Turgeon, on peut avoir ton autographe, s'il te plaît? And he just absolutely said, like, yeah, for sure. He dropped everything. He didn't drop it, literally, because that would have been awful. Um, but he put it down nicely and gently and was very nice to us, and it was great. It cemented him as my favorite Islanders player. That's all. That's awesome. How old were you, do you think? <sighs> I don't remember what year it was. 
but I was young. I was probably like 10 or 11, maybe a little bit. And older. he was still on the team at that point? I thought so, but I could be wrong. I, my, my, I, my concept of time, as I was telling my tattoo artist today, is off. I don't, I don't have a good concept of time, so I don't really know what year it was. Okay. But it was yeah, at least was just curious. after a New York Islanders card was printed, so I know that much. Fair. The, you were born in what, 83? 84. May 22nd, 1984. Okay. And he was on the Islanders until the 94-95 season. So he probably was still on the team. Probably. Yeah. That makes about sense. About sense? Makes more sense. Um, the Josh Hosang thing. On September 20th, 2015, Newsday wrote an article saying, Joshua Hosang calls demotion to Ontario League embarrassing. Not setting an alarm is what came between Joshua Hosang and a chance of making the Islanders roster, the 19-year-old prospect said after his Ontario League team's 2-1 preseason loss Saturday night. So, 2015. Really? I know. Well, I was mistaken. So was I. When I originally, I was typing it out going 2014, and I was going, does it though? I was really screwed up with the timeline, and there it is, right up for us. I thought it was day one of tra- training camp one, but I was wrong. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah. Okay. Super Nick, that's the person next, is at Super Nick, asks us, biggest surprise for the Islanders this season. So who is your going to be your biggest surprise for the Islanders this season? Ah, biggest surprise for the Islanders this year. Don't chalk it up. Oh, my God, don't chalk. What do you mean? Don't be like, Matthew Barzell is going to be the best surprise. No, no, no. I'm going to go Ryan Pulak. Ryan Pulak is going to be the biggest surprise. Why is he? Because he scored two goals tonight? No, because I think he's going to score over 15 goals this year. Ooh. 15 or more. Ooh, that's a big claim. But maybe. It's possible. He's scored four in preseason, so. Um, I'm going to go with... God. I want to go with Letty. I think he's going to be outstanding this year. I really do. I think he's going to be even better than last year. He's going to be the... Well, obviously, it's not hard to be better than a negative 42. But he's going to be better even <laughs> than the points column. I think he's going to be that number one defenseman that we know we have and we know we've had, he's just going to show it this year. How many points if you had to pick a number? 55. I'd sign up for that in a heartbeat. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, I think we all sign up for it. It just can't get it. And that's not a huge jump, right? He put up, what, 42 last year? Yeah, I believe it was 42. So that's, that's 13 points. And he had a terrible December, if we remember. So if he scores a bit more in December and he's got better deployment or he's not so stuck up in the defensive zone or he can pinch up a bit more then 13 points is actually is absolutely doable yeah I could see it so okay uh, Jumarad asks us what's the opening night defensive pairs oh okay so are we going to go about this for what we think the Islanders are going to do or what we would do oh that's a good question um, do you want to do what we should do and I'll do what the Islanders are going to do Okay, this is what I would do. I would do Letty Boychuk, Hickey Pulak, and Pelik Taze. That's fair. I think what the Islanders are going to do is Letty Boychuk. They're going to do Hickey Pulak, and they're going to do probably Pelik Spiza. Opening night. Yuck. Yuck. I think that's opening night. I think Spiza gets in the roster opening night. Why else do you sign him? Uh, I don't imagine 
that Taves gets in. He's probably going to be the eighth defenseman, but maybe. I I just hmm, I just don't see it. Yeah, I'm. I agree. Uh, that's why I, that's why I phrase it that way. Are we, are we doing it how we would do it or how the yeah. Islanders would do it? But I definitely see Spies applying. <laughs> I'm glad we did it both ways. Um, and last one is at Scott Van Curry asks us. I'm not going to read out the whole tweet, but it essentially means or what they're trying to get at is are the roster moves that we're making right now, we being the Islanders, are they with Jack Hughes in mind? Essentially, are we tanking for Ooh. Hughes? Maybe. That's not a bad answer. That's a bad that's, that's a, a push. Answer. That's a that's definitely a push. Uh I'll lean towards yeah. And if you're running out the Kunako, Komarov, or Filipilo, whatever the hell I said that third line was earlier, yeah. Okay. I'm going with a resounding no. They're not tanking. They're not. No. No. That no one tanks outright. And this isn't how you tank anyways. You don't tank by adding these players. If you are if you think you're going to be bad and want to be bad, and you don't think that your young players are any good, you put in your young players. Nah, I see. I disagree. You know who convinced me? Kate, with her article I, a little bit. Yeah, I know. I, I really don't think that he's tanking. I think that this is legitimate what he thinks. Not as going to win, but is going to keep them competitive and not be embarrassing. I really do. And they might. I, I, I can still see them getting 85 points with this roster. As long as, <laughs> as long as defensive structure remains. No. Okay. Uh, 78. 78 points. You think they're going to be worse than last year? Yes. Wow. On paper, on paper, their roster is worse than last year. Sure, yeah. They, they, they go from a pairing down the middle of Tavares, Barzal to Barzal, Nelson. That's a huge difference right there. How do you win? Down the middle. Yeah, but you you know, defense wins too. Defense should be better. Yeah, it should. But maybe not. It should, but you, you okay, have two I, checking lines, Mitch, in the 2018. Yeah, I just, I don't think that they're going to be, they're, that they're tanking. It doesn't mean that I don't think that they could end up in last places. I don't think that they're going for that. I don't think that that's an aspiration or a goal. I think at this point, this season is just all about treading water and being competitive, as close to competitive as they can be, and then building it up from there. Because they already have the assets. They don't need to tank. They already have those those two gem prospects in the pipeline in, in Dobson and Wallstrom. Adding Hughes obviously would be great, but like at this point, you've got a lot of guys you got to work in, and you brought in a bunch of guys. What are you going to do with them, Mitch? Yes, I don't think. It, do you want to hear a hot take? Uh, how hot on a scale of one to ten? Seven. Ooh, okay, yeah. If it's going to be anything less than five, then no. All right, seven. Okay. What is it? I'm bracing myself. I am saying this on what's today's date? September twenty sixth. The Islanders will have more than one pick in the 2019 first round. Okay. Because because one of Anders Lee or Jordan Eberle will be traded at the deadline because they will be so far out of things. Okay. That's fair. I can see that happening. I just can see that happening even if they get 85 points or they're on pace for 85 points. See, I think they they trade Eberle to a team that's competitive. So I'll say they end up with the seventh pick and like the twenty sixth pick. Okay. In the first round, that's fair. I think they just end up with like a tenth overall pick. So 
the same as last year, essentially? Something like that. 10th, 12th, whatever it happens to be. But yeah, around there. A lottery pick. They're going to get a lottery pick. Obviously, they're not making the playoffs. So, And not a good one. No, but who cares? Carolina didn't have a good one last year, and they got the second overall. Maybe you get lucky. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> that's what that's what it's all about. Is it bad that I'm already looking at 2019 mock drafts? A little bit. You still have a full season to go. You still have a full season. It's going to be an entertaining season. I'm looking forward to it. There's some storylines that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll save that for next week's podcast. Okay. Perfect. I'm, I'm in. Anything for the social before we wrap I've up? I've got one thing for the social, and it's one narrative, and it's the numbers. We talked about it last okay. week, but people still aren't used to the numbers. So I have five or four people here that tweeted out just today after, during the game saying, like, I can't get used to the numbers. I don't understand the numbers. At McLieber, at MBCrew74, at Jay Dugan, at IslesFan21, the 21st Isles fan. They're all like, I, I'm still <laughs> not used to the numbers. I'm still not used to seeing Thomas Hickey out there with number four or whoever else changed their number. Anthony Bovilli, I'm not used to number 18 out there. Keep thinking it's Ryan Strome when it's someone better. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the few games that I've watched in the preseason, I felt the same thing. It still looks weird with Pelic as number three and yeah. all the other ones you just listed. It's going to take a little bit. Yeah, it's going to take a bit, but... It's just a number. Get used to it or get over it. It'll be fine. And I know it's not Islanders related per se, Mm -hmm. but it's hockey related. Okay. Can we talk about Gritty for a second? Oh my God, really? I I love that thing. Okay. Did you see the- Thank God. Thank God. I thought you were going to be like, it's the worst thing ever. I hate mascots. No, no. Did you see the clip of him when he turns and faces the camera like he was, his back was to the camera? He turns and faces it. And his, he turns his eyes for still his googly dumb camera. googly eyes like oh hello. Oh, I think it's he's the I great can't. he's a great mascot. I absolutely love him. It's it's phenomenal. I love it. I really I do. It. I think it's hysterical. It's perfect. It's it's perfect. I love everything about it. It's so it's like it's so bad that it's. It's good. not even bad. I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. Honestly, great. I don't even think it's bad. It's not an ironic bad. It's not a like you said so bad. It's good. It's just good. I love it. In terms of mascots, this is perfect. And in terms of mascots, and encapsulate that type of fan base that it represents. <laughs> perfect. I'm not talking about the looks. Just like his attitude. He seems like he's got an attitude. He chased the guy with the the t-shirt cannon on the ice. He's got a little chip on his yeah. shoulder. Got a little Philly fanatic. He's a in little him. gritty. Mm. But um, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. In terms of a mascot, perfect. They nailed it. Good job, Philadelphia and the name, Flyers. Name is perfect too. Gritty. Absolutely, absolutely perfect. I love it. The next thing we need is a mascot called Chip and another one Chase. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we it's, absolutely need that. We need Chip and Chase. One's number nine and one's number one. And together the 91 for Butch Goring. There you go. Uh, I'm on to something. Get it done, Islanders, please. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I think we got to go out on that high yes. note. So <laughs> let's go into the PSAs and then get out of here. Okay. Uh, all right. So as always, wherever you are listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps with our searchability and it's able. it helps us 
be able to create more content for you guys. And speaking of more content, mm. coming soon, Patreon, where you can have one of three options. You can either A, donate a buck just for the cause, helping us out. You could donate $2, get a mailbag episode. And then finally, the big one, mm-hmm. for $5, you can get yourself 82 games of post-game content. 82 post-game podcasts will be recorded during the regular season this year, Mitch, oh, for 5 bucks, Yes. Talk about a deal. It's amazing. 5 bucks a month. But still, when the regular season is going, you're going to get our regular weekly podcast. You're going to get our weekly mailbag podcast and then a podcast after every game. That works out to six, about six podcasts per week. Woo, that's good stuff. Killing it, Mitch. Yes. Finally, let's get to the social media stuff on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. The gifts are going to come flying soon. Mm-hmm. The regular season is coming. Gift season is just upon us. So follow us there. My personal one is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch is, is at T L O Mitch. Give us a like on Facebook also, Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. And as always, you could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, or visit the website eyesonisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, episode number fifty eight in the books. Done. Just like this beer, thank God. God, it was thank so goodness. bad. Mitch, sidebar before we get out of here. Someone asked me to come on their podcast today, and the interviewer asked if you really do open a beer every episode or if that's just a shtick. And I said, nope. Mitch genuinely opens one at the start of every single show. That's right. Every time. So this one I'm drinking is called Glutenberg because it has no gluten. It's made. It's a buckwheat and millet beer. I don't know what millet is. What's millet? Neither do I. Buckwheat, I know, is bad cereal. So... Great. I should have read the label. (laughs) So there you have it. That's going to do it for us for episode number 58. We will talk to you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.